0: What better way to find freedom in our relationships with food than through the lens of our relationship with Christ? Join me as we discover what the Bible has to say about nourishing and loving the body that God has given us. Let's experience the true taste of freedom by filling up on the one who can satisfy all of our cravings. Now let's go ahead and dive into today's conversation. hey y'all welcome back to the taste of freedom podcast i'm super excited to get into today's topic but first just wanted to check in and see how your challenge went from our last episode so for anybody that doesn't know what i'm talking about be sure you go back and listen to that previous episode so you can join us in taking on this challenge but for those of you that have completed it I hope you learned something about yourself and hopefully something about the way that God views you as well. I know I definitely found it interesting just to notice some of the patterns in my life that I hadn't necessarily noticed before. And I feel like I definitely notice more of those negative thoughts more quickly now rather than them just being the natural, normal part of my thought life. So I just believe that as we continue to put this discipline to practice, the more we'll be able to change the way that we view ourselves. So eventually we can build confidence that's not rooted in anything that we've done or anything that we could ever do, but solely in what God has done and what he has to say about us. And not only will this impact the way that we view ourselves, but eventually i think this will bleed over to the way that we view others as well so as we get better about recognizing these negative thoughts you may notice that you can point them out a little bit easier in other people when they're talking about themselves as well so i would just encourage you to not be afraid to kind of call those out of your friends when they're speaking about themselves negatively I know something that I love about living with my roommates is oftentimes when I say a little comment, you know, like, oh, I just feel so gross today or I feel so fat, anything along those lines, like they'll call me out and say, no, ma'am, we do not speak like that in this house, and it's just a funny but practical little example of a way that helps us keep from normalizing that negativity and feeding into it, which I know can be so easy to do. So those are just some thoughts that I had about the challenge from the last episode. And hopefully, if you haven't had a chance to do that challenge, I strongly encourage you to do it. And for those of you that have done the challenge, um, I would just encourage you to kind of take that to that next. That next level of seeing how you view other people and if you have the opportunity to encourage people to view themselves in a more positive light and in a way that more aligns with how God views them. And just shoot down those lies so that they're not normalized for the people around us either. So it really makes me think of the verse from Ephesians 4.29 29 of just encouraging us all to build others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So I just hope and pray that that is what our words will be like, um, both about ourselves, but also about others. And also we can encourage others to use those words for their own bodies and their own insecurities and things like that as well. So now let's go ahead and get into today's topic. So I know you may have seen the title of today's episode, which is, Is Your Body a Temple or an Idol? And you may be thinking the whole saying of your body is a temple can be so common and cliche and You probably could have guessed that I would be doing an episode on this just with the theme of this podcast, but I really want to dive into some of the implications of what this means for us and maybe shed some light on some things that maybe you haven't necessarily considered before when you've just heard this phrase thrown around. Because when we look closely at what all the Bible has to say about a temple, The fact that he calls our bodies a temple might just blow your mind i know it just is such a helpful reminder for me and the more i look into it the more i'm just baffled by the fact that he compares our bodies to such a holy thing so to start out let's take a look at what a temple is so a temple of course is a place of worship so it's a place for people to experience god's presence essentially and if we look in the old testament temples were so intricately designed built treated and there was just extremely high standards for everything that was even allowed into the temple and looking specifically at solomon's temple which was the first temple this took 30,000 men in seven years to build. So when I think about that, I mean, 30,000 men, you could think of, you know, a decent sized university, like the whole population of the school working on this one building over seven years. Like that's quite the production. Um, And if you want to check out all the details about how the temple was built, I mean, There's all kinds of intricate details, which I think are pretty fascinating, but you can read all those in 1 Kings 5-8 through if you're interested. But once the temple was completed, Solomon then offered a fellowship offering to the Lord of 22,000 cattle and 120,000 sheep and goats, along with some burnt offerings, grain offerings, and... The fat of the fellowship offerings. So I just can't even fathom that many animals. That is a lot of work. Um, But that just is some evidence to show you what a big deal it was to dedicate this temple that was so just masterfully designed and was created to just express the magnificence of the one who dwelt within it. So um, they obviously wanted to have this whole celebration to dedicate this temple. And then only the high priest could go into the innermost parts of this temple because it was considered such a holy place because it's where God's presence was felt here on earth. So obviously that was back in the New Testament. And then looking Um, following the New Covenant, so kind of where we live today, post-Jesus coming, is instead of having to have this physical building as a temple, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. So I know that's another thing that if you've kind of grown up in the church, you've probably heard it since you were a little kid, of the Holy Spirit lives inside you. But I think the fact that we don't have to go through all of those years of construction and the hundreds of thousands of animal sacrifices and, um, you know, be this elite person in the um, society and all these things just to be close to God like they did in the Old Testament days, but that He gave us the Holy Spirit to literally be inside of us every second of the day man, that just makes me so pumped and makes me just want to tap into that power that we've been given through the Holy Spirit every second of the day because we have that so accessible. So there's no excuse not to rely on that and take advantage of that um, throughout our whole day. Yet I know for myself so frequently I don't live like that. I don't live like I um, have that accessibility and I'm respecting that, this temple like they respected the temples in the old testament so i think it's just such a good reminder and you know we serve the same god and god is not one that changes so he is equally as holy now as he was back then but i think a lot of times we can forget to treat him like that and honor that so like in one corinthians six twenty through 21 it says do you not know that your bodies are temples of the holy spirit who is in you whom you have received from god you are not your own you are bought at a price therefore honor god with your bodies when we grasp that concept of what all went into building and respecting and honoring a temple to think that is what our bodies are being compared to that is a huge deal grasping that i think has the power to change our views to see that our body is not our own to do with it just you know whatever fulfills our fleshly desires or temporary desires, but we are instead to be led and guided by the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us so that we can truly offer ourselves as living sacrifices to serve Him. And for me, that truth just inspires me to want to care for my body and value it so much more, not because of, you know, any little earthly thing like, say how fast it runs or how it might look in a certain outfit or any little um, temporary fleeting um, characteristic but it makes me want to care for my body more because it is the very home of the holy spirit and because it was perfectly designed just like the temple in the old testament is perfectly designed and masterfully created to be a place of worship and also to be a place where others can experience the presence of god so if we are to live in light of that truth i think that can truly change everything for us and for the way that other people even view us so now that we've kind of got an understanding of what it means to view our bodies as a temple and how we can honor them that way, let's take a look at what an idol is, which unfortunately more closely resembles the way that culture often seems to influence us towards thinking about our bodies. So what exactly is an idol? So basically an idol could be an image or representation of a little g god used as an object of worship. So, how can a temple, which is a place of worship of our God, coexist with an idol, which is basically a fake thing that is used to worship anything other than our God? Well, maybe you're thinking, I definitely don't idolize my body because I hate this and this and that about the way that I look, so that's just not an issue for me. Well, if that's you, um, I think that's probably. Could be a lot of people too you can also consider an idol not to be just something that you necessarily love more than god but it could even be something that you think about more often than god and it doesn't just have to be positive thoughts an idol could be anything that you feel like just kind of defines who you are no matter which end of the spectrum that is positive or negative so another way you can kind of think about it to determine if your body or your looks or something could be an idol in your life would be just considering if that one thing was taken away from you forever how would it impact you so say maybe you get an injury and never have the ability to work out again Or what if you got a disease that causes weight gain, or maybe you have to start on a medication that makes it really hard to manage weight no matter what you do? So if you kind of think through these answers, that can reveal a lot about how much emphasis you may put on some of these outward appearances. I know for me, if I'm being honest, these are some pretty hard scenarios to even think about because I do so value being active and healthy and all of these things and realizing how devastating these scenarios would be to my life if I were to, you know, experience any of these. It does reveal to me that there are definitely parts of me that idolizes these things and views these factors as contributing in a large part to my identity. So, again, I think it's challenging to think about ourselves really idolizing our bodies, especially if we may not, you know, put them on this pedestal or feel proud of them, or, you know, maybe we just have so many negative emotions towards our body, so we think, oh, that's not an idol because I don't even like it. Well, hopefully considering um, some of those questions of how much you think about it or what would happen if things were different and you weren't able to have the body that you have that kind of gives you some perspective on um, whether it might be an idol at times or not so another thing to consider when thinking about idols versus uh, treating our body as a temple is considering our motives By considering our motives behind our actions, we can get a better understanding of what is our intentions and what our priorities are and what's important to us. So I believe that if our motives have to do with caring for our bodies just in order to glorify God through the way that we nourish and move them so that we're better able to serve Him, That's not idolizing, but is instead, you know, treating them as a temple, like we're called to do. Even though on the outside, this might involve, you know, a lot of the same actions that could also be associated with idolizing the body. You know, some of those actions like working out every day, maybe training for a race, you know, following certain dietary restrictions or, you know, trying to avoid processed foods or um, junk food or things like that that aren't so beneficial for us. So on the outside, treating our body as a temple or an idol can look pretty similar. And so, um, you know, it might be easy to kind of cover up the motives and the intentions of why we're doing the things that we're doing. Um, But I think it's really important for us to ask ourselves, Why do we make these healthy choices? Is it solely to look better and boost your pride in your own abilities? Or is it to truly steward the body that God has given you, recognizing that it's not your own and you're just caring for it to be, you know, at optimal health by denying fleshly desires so you can be healthy and live effectively on mission? I've heard it said that at the heart of an obsession with your body is to make women jealous and men lustful. This, of course, is from the women's point of view. And um, for any men listening, maybe you can relate to the reverse of this being the heart of your obsession with your body could be to make other men jealous and women lustful. That really hit me because I think it can be so relatable if we're honest about our intentions and motives for wanting to be healthy and look a certain way. Because we do feel better about ourselves when we maybe get attention or compliments from others or maybe when we pridefully feel like we look better than someone else or, you know, whatever it might be, that can all feed into our desire to be obsessed with our body because that's what seems to be gaining the attention and the validation that we crave. In Romans 12, 3, it says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. I just love how this verse just calls us out like, chill, just chill with the thoughts about yourself. Because pride is obviously not a new sin. Humans have been struggling with this since day one. And sometimes we just need that reminder of don't think about yourself more highly than you ought, you know. So how do we practically change the way we view and treat our body from an idol to a temple? well i'm sorry to break it to y'all but i have not discovered a quick little three-step process to truly train change our motives and thoughts and priorities and just how we view ourselves but thank goodness that we can look to the one perfect example that we do have to see what we can learn from him on these topics so first Um, The Bible tells us that he, as in Jesus, had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. That was from Isaiah 53, 2. It wasn't his face or looks that he wanted people to remember or that might have given him a little more credibility. It was just the glory of God. His only concern on earth was bringing glory to the Father and not, you know, detracting from that and seeking attention for his own physical abilities or looks or anything. And I think learning from Jesus's priorities is the perfect example that should help us prioritize things correctly in our lives as well. Second, we see God's priorities in 1 Samuel 16, 7, which tells us that the Lord does not look at the things man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So this all goes against the cultural norms of diet culture or self-care culture, which like we talked about in the last episode are both really centered around ourselves and they either revolve around what we look like or what we feel like. They're very self-driven. And as you probably know, most of the time living a life that's just sold out for Christ is going to go against the cultural norm, which means, you know, it's going to take a little extra effort fighting against the temptation of just cruising along with the mainstream, what everybody else is doing in this area. So it's going to require a little fight, a little diligence, mindfulness to not give into the ways that culture is influencing us to live, which can be so easy to do. But again, Jesus was a perfect example of going against what was normal for culture at that time. In Romans 12, 1, it says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I think that's our answer. This change from idol to idol to temple can only truly come from allowing ourselves to be transformed by the renewing of our mind through god's work in us so when we allow ourselves and our thoughts to just obsess over our appearance when we just waste heart space longing to maybe look like someone else um have the body of someone else the fashion of somebody else when we starve ourselves or punish ourselves even hate ourselves because we don't meet some you know set standard that we have or that we see on social media or when we neglect to protect and care for our bodies out of laziness or a lack of discipline or we just desperately try to hold on to and maintain this standard of beauty that the Bible so clearly tells us is temporary. All of those things are not honoring God with our bodies. So here's our new challenge for um, this upcoming week or two. Try to compliment someone on something other than outward things and try to make this a new habit so this will be a little bit of an easier challenge for you so you know you only really need to try to do this once but even better if you can just try to create this as a new habit if you don't already but i just think that so often we're so quick to compliment someone's clothes shoes haircuts jewelry maybe how fit they look or how strong or athletic they are whatever it might be We are just always focused on their outward appearance. uh, Yeah, appearance. And then, of course, when they're just hearing compliments on their outward appearance, they think that that defines them and that's how they, you know, get that attention and everything. But just think about the power of telling someone a genuine compliment, such as, like, I always look forward to being around you because I know you're going to make me laugh more than I have all day. Or something like, you're just so full of wisdom and good advice and I don't know what I would do without you. Or maybe, I love that I can always depend on you because if you say something, I know you're going to follow through. Or maybe just simply being around you makes me better. I guarantee you that somebody's going to remember those genuine comments way more than just a remark about their new shoes or how they did their hair that day. I also think that by having a goal of complimenting others on character traits or deeper qualities that you appreciate about them, not only is that gonna reinforce to them that they're so much more than their outward looks, but I think an added bonus to that is it's also gonna help to train our minds to look beyond the surface in the way that we view other people. Um, so, we're going to be seeking and searching for character qualities instead of just, you know, outward appearance, focus, compliments that we can give, which can eventually, you know, change our own thought life from revolving just around our own looks and body and how it maybe stacks up to those around us, or, you know, maybe being concerned with how others are thinking about us or seeing us and what. You know, all of their opinions. I think this can really develop into a habit that, you know, starts with our words, but then turns into impacting our thoughts, which then impact our beliefs. So, because an idol develops through what you spend the most time thinking about, let's focus on just training our thoughts to see ourselves and each other more like God does. And let's build each other up in that way. So, allow God to transform the way that you see and treat your body more as a temple than an idol through just depending on Him to renew your mind through, you know, adjusting your thoughts, your motives, your desires, so that they all align with His. So, you can truly experience freedom in this area. So, don't forget your body is a temple, a place of worship in the place where the Holy Spirit dwells. So care for it, protect it, and value it. And I'll leave you with Paul's words from 1 Corinthians 10, 14, which says, Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. Be sure you stay tuned for the next episode. But until then, get out there and enjoy the taste of true freedom. I'll see you next time.